He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome in on this uh lovely uh it's wednesday hump day partly cloudy skies uh, not too hot had a little front come through last night kind of cool things off so we can live with this if we can survive uh, the last couple of months we can survive anything i think uh we've got a big show for you today we're going to be uh, talking about uh elwood shack opens its new second location actually there was a second location back in 2019 but they opened up right at the beginning of the covid in the Cooper Young area, and it was a breakfast place, and there was no place to park. And so, <laughs> people wanted to go there; they just never could find a place to park because all the residents that live around there all park on the street. And so that didn't make it. But this one is on uh, on uh, Park Avenue, forty forty Park Avenue. It was an old uh, music uh, consignment store next to the used to be a Baptist church there at the corner. Uh, of park and uh, right there at Audubon Park, and this is a really nice building. I mean, where when they call Elwood's a shack, it, the first one really was. It still is, uh, but it's functional. The food's great, and that's really all that matters. This is a lot bigger. It's a lot nicer, and uh, they're going to have some added things that uh, was not there before. I uh, went by, and you can check out some pictures. I put some pictures on my Facebook page, Earl Farrell. That's E A R L E F A R R E L L on uh, facebook and you can see what it looks like uh, it's uh, really well done uh, they'll have all the staples that they had at uh, and still do have at elwoods over there near summer avenue next to the um, what is that the uh the hardware store I'm trying to think it must be lowe's because i don't think it's uh, the other one uh right across from mortimer's restaurant which is a great, another great restaurant but uh, this one is supposed to open next Monday, and they'll have a lot of great desserts. In fact, I was looking at the desserts earlier. I'm not a big dessert person, but the desserts they do have, I like. Uh, they've got things like uh, key lime pie. Let's see. Uh, cheesecakes, cream brulee, white chocolate banana cream pie, pina colada bread pudding, cinnamon rolls, and cookies, all of which uh, will be found in their own section. And the desserts will also be adjacent to another new feature, a coffee bar intended to appeal to everyone, but particularly University of Memphis students in need of caffeine fix. Uh, the one thing they won't have is any kind of alcohol because it's located right next to a church. And apparently you, you can't have alcohol next to a church. I do think that's interesting because I grew up and was raised as a Catholic and we always had these bizarre things. We always had beer. <laughs> Bingo beer night. <laughs> So evidently you can't if it's a Baptist church. Uh, but uh, as soon as they get the okay from the health department, we're going to be start practicing all of our coffee drinks and giving them out uh, for people to try. Uh, no charge. Tim uh, Bednarski is the owner. He's originally from Texas. In fact, he was working here at Bahama Breeze and uh, decided to go out on his own. But he's done a great job. It really has good food. And it's food you can't find anyplace else, so it's totally unique. You make these incredible burritos, and their brisket is just outstanding. And uh, 
So it says uh, kids today don't really care about the alcohol, which I guess is true. Uh, that more kids today, uh, uh, like to have these fruity drinks and like, uh, blasts of this or blast of that, but they, they don't want the alcohol, which I think is great. I mean, back when I was coming up, I mean, all these guys were, you know, sticking a, a keg in the back of their pickup truck and everybody get off school and go out there and get in trouble drinking beer. Uh, my parents told me, don't do that. Can you, can you, can you, until you could do it legally and which, uh, held pretty close to that except for one trip to the sand hills out west texas and uh, we did imbibe then i remember uh but i didn't drive uh but uh so they're and the new manager is going to be carrie perkins and they're going to have a what's called a moxie bar and these are drinks that are mock cocktails uh all kinds of different things and that'll taste good and they'll probably be fruity and so that's good uh but uh Go check them out. Of course, remember, it's probably going to be jam-packed, just like every place in Memphis is. When it first opens, they, uh, you can't you can't get into the place. Uh, and then I want to remind everybody, this Friday, we're going to be going live uh, from Buster's Liquor on Highland. Highland, uh, just down the street from Poplar Avenue, from uh, 3 to 5 o'clock. Uh, that's because Guy Fieri, uh, who's, uh, of course, you know him from his television shows, Drive-Ins, Diners, and Dives. Uh, he's also started a line of tequila with Jimmy Hager, Hager Jimmy Hager, uh, and, uh, who's a rock and roll guy. And so they've, uh, gotten together and, uh, and started this tequila line and, uh, they'll be signing bottles. There will actually be just Guy fieri here and uh, he'll be signing uh bottles of his tequila for people that come in and buy them it's going to be first come first serve and you get a look at that uh, tequila and uh and uh, Catherine fultz who is an employee at buster she's holding up the bottle of it it's supposed to really be good i bought a bottle of it uh while i was at buster's i'm going to try it later tonight uh when i get off and then i'll report back on the testing tasting taste testing uh tomorrow to let you know how good it was i said well if i'm going to be interviewing the guy at least i want to know what his tequila tastes like and uh, you don't want to do that live on the air not tequila <laughs> one time we and i opened one of my restaurants years ago we had a tequila tasting con uh not contest but just a tasting with a bunch of the tequila that we were going to be pouring at garcia wells the restaurant i had over the square and uh some of my employees i said look this is a tasting you taste it and then you spit it out well i have these buckets around you spit it out apparently they did not spit it out and we had to take all of them home <laughs> so I've, i have a standard rule now i don't have uh, any uh tequila tasting uh events at my house for young people just old people because we can always say we got bedrooms upstairs you can spend the night at any rate, so we'll be out there. The uh, guy will be there signing from 4.30 to 5.30. Uh, it'll be first come, first serve. That means uh, once the tequila's gone or he runs out of time, they'll, they'll probably fudge a little bit and he'll hang around. But there's no guarantees you'll get a bottle or because um, they're not going to sell his new bottles. They're still, if you want to go by there, they got his older uh, inventory is there in the store at Buster's. And uh, you can go in there and uh, buy, do what I did today is get a, a bottle of the, the good stuff. And, uh, but the, they've changed the, uh, 
packaging and what it looks like on the on the new one um and so it's uh if you want to make sure you get some and, and you don't get caught without uh your prerequisite bottle then uh and the name of the uh, actual tequila is uh it's i wrote it down uh but uh blanco Reposado, the name of the tequila is Blanco, and uh, it's supposed to really be good. I did some research on it, and everybody that tasted it said it's uh, excellent tequila. Just got to be careful. But And it's interesting now. Used to be, everybody just made margaritas with it, but now they, they call this a sipping tequila. Just uh, put it over rocks and, uh, and sip on it like you would a good uh, scotch or a good bourbon, uh, uh, vodka, and so it's uh, the tequila has really come a long way since back when just about everybody was drinking Cuervo gold. It was just a cheap way of, you have one shot at Cuervo gold and about three beers and you were good for the night instead of buying eight, nine beers, you know? So that was, we called it a, a, a red rocket with a booster <laughs> and the tequila would be the booster. Uh, breaking news in a way, Mitt Romney has just announced, I think you heard it on our news a minute ago, that he is not going to be running again for uh, his seat out of Utah said he feels like he's, uh, he's been there long enough and it's time to move on and let the, the younger crowd take over, which is kind of a theme for today. There's been a lot of this weekend and last week, a lot more people are coming out, uh, saying that, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Phil Morgan, uh, our intrepid salesman, just sent me a message. Said, "Let the let the experts talk about tequila." I am an expert, Phil Morgan. I've been drinking since I was twelve, so keep your mouth shut. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, but uh, all the, the CNN. I mean, everybody is now calling and saying that it's time for. Biden needs to take a look at uh, not running. And, of course, the the White House is saying they can't really talk about it, but uh, uh, this is CNN's Phil Mattingly, who confronts the White House spokesperson today and um, after an article in the Washington Post column calling for Biden not to run, cut number seven. A lot of people in Washington right now, and, and I know this is probably going to drive your, your team crazy that I ask it this way, but I think it's, it matters because it's accurate because – the columnist who wrote a piece today asking for the president not to sit, seek re-election, David Ignatius, is well-respected within the building behind you. Uh, what's your response to that idea? It's not just about the president. It's also about the vice president who you worked for in the 2020 uh, campaign. Yeah, well, I'm governed by the Hatch Act, and I want to be really careful. But obviously, the president has announced he's running for re-election, uh, and, and the president is going to make his case to the American people. Uh, and I'll refer you to the campaign for any sort of campaign questions. But this president has a lot to be proud of and a lot to run on. He's delivered some of the most consequential achievements and economic progress in generations with the Inflation Reduction Act, the infrastructure bill, the CHIPS bill, which is opening new factories and creating new manufacturing jobs around the country. That's what he's going to be talking about versus these sort of political sideshows that congressional Republicans are starting to launch into right now. Any expectation he'll weigh in on this specifically anytime soon? Uh, well, you know, the president can speak for himself. I will say, I think he's going to stay focused on what the American people want him to focus on, which is helping to improve them, their lives, their families, not these sort of political attacks on him and his family. 
And then Joe Scarborough with the, the Morning Joe offered remarkably revealing insight in the disparity between the Democrats are saying privately about President Biden and what they're saying on air. That issue is that this article they were just talking about by David Ignitus called for Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris to end their plans to run in 24, citing recent poll numbers that raised serious questions about their ability to defeat former President Donald Trump, which he believes is the only real issue at stake. Co-host uh, Mika Brzezinski seems skeptical, if not somewhat disappointed with the frequent morning Joe guest and challenged Ignatius to come up with a better alternative to Biden, to which he admitted he could not name that person. <laughs> name that person. I'm sorry, I can't do it. So I think it comes down to what we were talking about earlier. Is Joe Biden the person who can stop Donald Trump or somebody like Trump who gets the Republican nomination? Ignatius uh, posed that's what he's got to do. He's got to look in the mirror, search his soul, and make that decision. I wanted to raise the question. I'd like him to think that through carefully because I have my concerns. Just to answer David's question, Scarborough jumped in. Mika, Mika and I, uh, everybody we talk to, every political discussion, all it talks about is Trump. But when it comes down to Joe Biden, people say, man, he's too old to run. He's, and I mean, he's not going to, he's not really going to run. When I say every discussion, I don't mean 99% of the discussions. Every discussion, he said. I asked Reverend Al if he was hearing all that time on, on our show this past week. He's hearing it as well. So, you know, we often will be complaining about Republicans who will say one thing about Donald Trump off the air and another thing on the air. Well, let me just say Democrats off the air will say Joe Biden's too old. Why is he running? On the air, they won't say anything. So I commend David for at least raising the question, Scarborough concluded. I mean, my question, of course, is Willie is who could do a better job as president uh, than Joe Biden and who could beat Donald Trump. I don't see a lot of Democrats out there. I don't see any Democrats who are out there now that could do that. They're not mentioning Newsom, who everybody has uh, pretty much figured out that he's the replacement. And what they're going to do is have Joe bow out and take Kamala with him, and then you're going to have Newsom jump in the race, and that's the new plan. And if they could get rid of him before that, I think they would, because <laughs> he's given away the store, just gave away $6 billion to Iran to get back six prisoners, American prisoners. We don't know who they are. And they're giving back six uh, Iranian prisoners that we have, I guess, at Gitmo, and they were all convicted of crimes against the United States. And the $6 billion is just going to go to further all the terrorist activities that Iran is involved in. And uh, they're definitely not pals of ours. So, you know, you got uh, got that to deal with. At any rate, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And welcome back on this uh, lovely Wednesday afternoon. We're joined now in the studio with Vicki Gandy with Go Team Gandy, uh, which is the uh, uh, real estate. Uh, she works for uh, uh, Cry Like, and it's the company she's with, but she has her own team, uh, Team Gandy, which includes Thomas, her son. Who's uh, You mean Tommy? Well, <laughs> only, only I'm allowed to call him Tommy. 
You'll never live that one day. Nah. I know. He'll be putting that on the bottom of your tombstone. Yeah, he called me Tommy. They both looked at me uh, <laughs> like I said. Did I, did I call him by the wrong name? He, he doesn't go by. He hasn't gone by Tommy since he was five. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's when you knew him at Christ Methodist. Yeah. is when he was about five. So yeah. that's the truth because he's just a little guy. And I was the old dude, <laughs> which I still am. So yeah. What were you, the voice of? Who were you, the voice of God? Or I was something? God. Yeah. yeah in fact, right. my daughter goes, "That's not God. That's my daddy." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you got me on that one. <laughs> booming voice. He had a great booming voice to be God. So there was another guy that played uh, Goliath, and he's a big old tall guy. And, um, Oh gosh, I've drawn a blanket. It'll come to me in a minute. And he was walking around going, Hurr! and yelling at the kids. And the kids were all looking at him. And and my son Jackson played played uh, David. And he threw. He had a great arm. He's only four years old. But he had a great arm. And he nailed, nailed, threw something at him and nailed him. Hit him right in the head. We never thought he wow. could hit him. He nailed it and it hurt. He's like, ow! <laughs> he's like six feet tall. You know, and there's this little kid. He nailed him. He Jackson. He's like, I'm gonna show you. And he really was like afraid of him. He's like, he's scary, mommy. <laughs> so it was funny. well uh when you got good hand-eye coordination it comes early yeah and oh, yeah. either got it or you don't have it actually i saw a clip on on facebook the other day of a little dog with a bat in its mouth and this guy throws it on the head pitch at the dog the dog hits the ball uh-uh. <laughs> yes wow now, i don't know how you even get that started i don't either but uh dogs are amazing creatures anyway they're pretty smart i got one at home that's smarter than i am he's we, way much smarter we had uh, on uh, southern security Federal Credit Union, they just uh, announced they broke ground with their new corporate uh, headquarters out on Bahalia. And we were talking about uh, construction in Shelby County and the surrounding counties is uh, really booming. There's a lot of stuff being uh, built there's, because there's not that many homes that are current, already built, that are for sale. Oh, no, yeah. But once they come up, in fact, you've got three that are, that are out there right now that have just been listed. Well, they're coming up. They're coming up. This, they're coming soon. That's our new thing we do. Um, because inventory is still low, um, we are um, started this thing called Coming Soon, so that way people hear about it. And it'll show a picture, maybe like a little teaser, and it'll say within 24 hours. You have to, you have to through Mar, a Memphis Area Association of Realtors, you have to have it within the computer and, and active within 24 hours. So um, we've got one. We were there today taking pictures. In fact, I was going to send you a picture, and I couldn't get it fast enough to you. Um, is it on your facebook page not yet it will be it there um it took a little longer we got there and he wasn't quite ready (laughs) and so i won't name names but it was um, (laughs) but it wasn't me (laughs) let me spell it no i'm just kidding but it was a little the photographer's there and he's not inexpensive and he's a great great photographer and he was there and we were all kind of standing around he's like i'm not quite ready and he's running around so we literally were taking things and moving it from one room into the next taking the picture and then moving it to the next and which I've done many a time, but this is a lot of stuff. Is, this, is that what you call staging the house? <laughs> well, that's not staging. That's this a, is hauling junk. Oh. It's, like, it's like, it's like, oh, here's his shoes and his towel and his bag of laundry. And, you know, we were moving it from room to room. But it was interesting. It's, it's typical. You know, he, he the guy's renovating it and done a lot of the work himself. And he's done excellent work. So we're really excited about it. It's a little house in Bartlett. Well, not little. It's a nice size house in Bartlett. But and then we've got another two others that I'm coming up this well. I don't know if they'll be on this week. They're coming up, so we're hoping. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about those houses. Okay. What they got. And also I took a tour of Vicky's house the other day. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. So stay with us, we'll be back.
Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, we have Vicki Gandy with Go Team Gandy, uh, Cry Like Realty. And uh, we were talking about, in fact, she's got three listings that are coming up real soon. But in the meantime, people are saying, well, should we wait until interest rates go down? And I just had Don Grader on yesterday as the CEO of Southern Security Federal Credit Union talking about their building, which they were supposed to break ground in uh, 2019. Of course, we all know what happened in 2019. <laughs> yeah. So you couldn't, then after that, you couldn't get material. I mean, for two years, you couldn't get air conditioners, you couldn't get windows, you couldn't get steel. So they finally, uh, over the years, they finally accumulated just about the entire inventory of material they need to build their building. And they're building it now because they said it'll take 24 months, 18 to 24 months to build. But uh, everything continues to escalate in cost. Mm-hmm. So people say, well, I'll wait until maybe things will go get cheaper. They may not. They're not predicting it. In fact, that's what I was talking about earlier. Uh, I've got a good friend in the business, and he was talking about what we're talking about, the cost of waiting and you know, saying, you know, six to 12 months. And they're looking at just an average $400,000 house right now is about seven and three-eighths. The average is what the mortgage rate for right this minute with uh, mortgage insurance about $203 a month, something like that. And he was saying that if, you know, if you wait, um, but you're still looking at and what then if you, you know, go ahead and wait and don't do anything you're they there's a chance they may drop but the thing is even if you re, you know finance at seven three eights if it drops you can refinance you know there's always that opportunity but the other thing is the cost of waiting we're looking at that property in six months could raise about twenty three hundred dollars wow and and they're expecting an appreciation about 5.39 in a, in a year so it's so by the end of the year they they've been telling us for the last what two three months that we're expecting appreciation from five to seven percent so if you, you know, if you buy a house now, why would you want to wait, even though your rate's going to be higher? Plus, you know, like I've told people thousands and thousands of times we talk about it, ask the seller to help pay some closing costs. Yeah. Ask the seller to buy down your rate. Because uh, they want to sell. Yes. And, it, and and especially now. Now, the inventory is still low, but there are people who are still pricing too high. They're going back, and it's easy to do because the comparables, they can go, well, Joe down the street sold his house 18 months ago for this amount and you're like well it's not exactly the same now it's it's a little different because the rates rates are higher and it's not as you know you didn't have 15 people you know waiting for your house where now there's still multiple offers i had one um about two weeks ago that i just worked out and it was kind of a house that needed some work on it but it was a really great little house and everybody jumped on it and ended up it needed a good bit of work, but I had three offers and ended up with a cash buyer who paid $10,000 over to get it. Um, and and it was worked out very well for the seller because she had just had a baby and needed to move and didn't want to do anything. She was going to offer some money toward you know repairs and stuff, and she ended up giving him a little money toward closing. But it worked out really well because she made a good profit and was able to buy her next house. So it's out there. You just got to have somebody who knows how to negotiate the other thing I say, too, is to um, when it comes to your interest rates, shop several lenders because they are competing. They will they will figure out ways to get it down for you a little bit and they welcome it. They I was talking to two different ones today. My son, Jackson, is getting ready to buy a house. And so I've got three different lenders um, that I'm talking to saying, OK, 
I love you all, but <laughs> this is my child. And if he can't pay the note, guess who's got to pay it? So I need the best rate we can possibly get. And and they're negotiating. They're offering different incentives. Some buy down, some rate lower, um, you know, toward fees or whatever, just different things. So it's well, all whatever. And as you said, what you have to do is just be creative mm-hmm. and, and come up with ways of doing it because – as I said, the sellers want to sell and the buyers want to buy. And it's how do you, how do we make this happen? Well, you also, um, you want to, you know, include that, tell that to your sellers as well. When you're educating your sellers, you know, you educate your sellers just like you do your buyers. You sit down with them and say, okay, now this may happen, this may happen, you know. And pricing is so important. I can't tell you when you, these people go, well, I want to list it at 450 and we're saying, no, let's do 420, 425, but we may get you close to that but if we get it low enough to where we get five or six offers then it's going to rise right and you've got a lot better chance and because they're doing that and i know i say this over and over but they won't ask for a lot of repairs and probably none they'll say because we'll say well if you want it at this price this is what you're going to get take it as is or you know after after inspections of course and everything anything that we find large in inspections we're going to have to fix we can't leave it but that's the beauty of it it's a win-win for everybody but um, I just did one just recently like that, and they were really not happy with me, but then they ended up getting their price. Well, I think you're right. What people do is uh, they end up negotiating, and the real estate agent says, you guys negotiate this this part of the deal yourself because they're both trying to want to make a deal. Both real estate, there's two agents involved. They want to make it happen. But sometimes it comes down to uh, somebody has to give some of this and, and take less of that. Absolutely, and it, it happens a lot. But And you've got good agents um, – that's the thing too about this kind of market the market is going to be a little different it's a little tougher it's harder on us we have to go back to learning about all i just talked about you know back in you know interest rates were two percent we didn't have to worry about competition we didn't have to worry about points and all that it was everybody was you know could get a great rate and no problem they could all they had to do is pre-qualify so now it's we've got to go back and start saying well let's look at rates and let's look at this and let's look what this person can offer you and and then we also have to educate our sellers as well well, and uh, I talked to somebody the other day about rates, and they were saying there's a good chance uh, after the first of the year that the prime will start going down. Yes, that that's what they're saying, and we're very hopeful. Um, they're saying that some things are going to start force us into a little bit of a recession, which will bring rates down. Um, now, I don't know what that means, but the good thing about the market is, you know, properties are still selling. People, the value is still going up. And as long as our inventory stays low, we're never going to see a drop in that. And we haven't really done anything like we had when, you know, subprime loans and all that. We haven't had anything like that to set the market to drop, you know. Well, a couple other things are happening. I got to meet the head of construction and who actually opened the new Blue Oval. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was saying that right now there are 5,000 people that are living in the area doing the construction. Most of those are renters and uh, are like living in uh, RVs and stuff because yeah. they're only here during the construction period. They will be followed by permanent employees at the point, another 5,000 people. So whatever's available now is, is not going to be enough to house all those people. So things have got to happen just to house those people. And they're talking about, too, how um, the, um, the Blue Oval is going to basically connect us to Jackson, Tennessee, which yeah. is so interesting. But it is. It's. I mean, I'm seeing. That's why Bartlett. I've got one in Bartlett now. I'm going to have another one coming up. Um, I've got two in Germantown. Well, Germantown and Cordova that are coming up, and then I've got another one over in Cordova as well. I've got several. But people are looking everywhere. They're, I mean, they're not. There's not any location really 
around that will not be touched by the blue oval because you know a lot of the engineers will be moving into the larger homes and they'll pick those areas and then you know same thing with the, the some of the workers will be closer but they're going to there's that is going to be amazing what they're going to build up there they're they've got to build everything yes yeah. it's, it's just if you're, if you're looking for a business move up there because you can start it well also they're they're looking for tradespeople. i mean yeah. they're people that could electricians plumbers carpenters uh that will work there permanently uh like six seven hundred uh, maybe a thousand and uh they they can make like close to a hundred thousand dollars a year oh, yeah. as, as a tradesperson there so keep that in mind with your your young people uh, in high school now about what their career might be because it's going to create permanent jobs there for years and years to come it did tell me one thing that was really interesting is all their forklifts and everything will run on hydrogen. I heard that too. Um, and I also heard, I met the girl, one of the girls, uh, her last time's done event that was, came and spoke to us at Cordova Republican Club. And she was talking about, they have to have in a complete hospital. I mean, they have to have everything there. Yeah. And they've already realized that they needed it now because they Just had a guy who had a heart attack. Yeah. And so they had to work with that. And they've got a fire station, but they can't get anything to it yet because it's a building, but it's not equipped. And so they brought an ambulance on site and some other things. But they said they need everything there. Um, and that's the thing. They're going to they're gonna have every job under the sun. They need tons of restaurants. They're going to build restaurants and food trucks or whatever on that on campus. And it's all going to be there and then in the surrounding area. Plus, if, they, if they run two shifts a day, yeah. you know, then that means uh, those, those folks in the shift ain't going to Jackson to have lunch. <laughs> Well, and they're talking about building churches. Churches are looking for property there. And, um, you know, a lot of people are buying up the property to sell, which is smart. Uh, I've got a friend right now that's another that's a land agent. And he was telling me he's got a guy that's buying like 6,000 acres over near there to see what's going to do and divide it up, see what he's going to sell it for. So people are jumping on it. And we've been we've been kind of questioning, saying, hey, let's find out what, what, what do y'all need from us? And they're talking to builders. And, you know, we're trying to talk to people about getting started on that because it's, it's coming. Yep. We're talking with uh, Vicki Gandy, uh, Go Team Gandy, and we're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, just about the market here in Memphis and uh, how to best get started, especially if you're a young person trying to get into your first home. How do you do that? <laughs> so, so we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back on a Wednesday afternoon in the studio with me is Vicki Gandy of Go Team Gandy, uh, probably like real estate. And uh, we were talking just about the, you know, especially young people. And I keep hearing this that uh, fewer and fewer young people are able to get into homes. And they're talking about these tiny homes that's, that's people are looking at. I mean, I can't imagine moving into it. I mean, I got to have a little bit of elbow room. You know? <laughs> well, that's kind of true. But in Memphis area, it's still very, very affordable to get into a home because if you look at what the rent is in memphis it's pretty pretty expensive and it's not coming down because people are paying and i've, I've talked to these kids that are paying you know two thousand dollars three thousand dollars a month for just this for this little apartment and um and certain areas are just outrageous and so that's the thing they'll say well i you know i can't afford a house i'm like well you know there's there's all kinds of things it matters on how much you make and the me- the best thing to do is to call Call a realtor and find out. We can find out. We can connect you with all kinds of people because there are there um, for first time homebuyers. There's things out there with zero down. You just have to you have to make a, you can't make over a certain amount. But um, but as long as you have decent credit. And the other thing too that I tell kids, I said kids because they're not really kids. They're grown up. They're buying a house. But if they're under forty, they're kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the thing is, is I want to say, look, you you know, talk to us. Let us at least. 
you know, introduce you to a good lender who can run everything and look at your credit and see, because sometimes there's something in your credit that you may need to correct. You know, you may have, sometimes it's things that are incorrect. I know there's a lot of doctor things that get thrown on your credit reports that um, sometimes have to be, uh, you know, addressed. And a lot of, I don't know how they necessarily do that. I'm not a credit expert, but they do want to look at that and they can tell them, you know what, if you pay that credit card down a couple of thousand dollars or $5,000, then you can qualify for this much money. And then they're like, oh, now what's happening on some kids, they're looking at houses that are beyond their, yeah. you know, unrealistic. And you're like, okay, let's, let's have a sit down. And you know, like I have two clients right now that are waiting a year that, that they haven't worked long enough in their job. They could barely qualify for like 150,000. And I'm like, let's just wait. Cause within a year, you're, you're going to be at two, almost 225. You know, that's a big difference. And that you can get a really nice house. What I'm seeing though, with the young people, <laughs> Not the kids, the young people. <laughs> there you go. Is uh, they just don't have any patience. No, they want everything right now. They do. They want they want the new car now. They want the new ninety five inch uh, big screen TV, not big screen, flat screen. Yeah. Uh, and they want the the new house, and uh, they don't want it all now. Well, and they want everything that mama and daddy have. Yeah. That, that but they don't that's want, what that's we've worked used- thirty years for. You know, it, and, I laugh. I'm like, I like I'll remind my boys. I'll say, you don't you know we that little we live in this little bitty house in Cordova with five children, and we were just fine. But you know, it was. But a they small don't house. remember that house. You know, okay. they they remember the one you got now. Well, actually, no. That it's really funny if you talk about their favorite house uh, is our house in Cordova because we had a great tons and tons and tons of kids. Yeah. We were right there in we were right there in Cordova. We were in the county part of Cordova and. There were kids everywhere, and, it was, and Halloween was like you'd have to buy six bags of candy. It was crazy. Well, it was the same way with ours. We um, we had a house in Cordova. Then they announced that Wolf Chase was moving. They're going to build Wolf Chase. And I said, maybe we should go back, go go into back into East Memphis. Everybody's moving out here. So, uh, and we had just started talking about it. And somebody, a friend of mine who was in real estate at the time, or Lynn Bieber, called me and said, "Would you be interested in selling your house?" I went. <laughs> Well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> were you typing my call? Yes. Do you have Siri? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. So, uh, but so we moved back into Memphis and uh, East Memphis, over behind the YMCA on Quince. Mm-hmm. Had a, the best neighborhood. That's the kids a great just, neighborhood. Kids loved growing up there. We had all these. I mean, it was like the way we grew up. Mm-hmm. You my know? aunt lived over there, right by you. I and, forgot about that. Yeah. And uh, everybody rode their bikes, and they you didn't have to worry about them. And and Halloween was a blast. Uh, I do remember driving around the neighborhood looking for, because it was all boys, and then my daughter. And so she'd, can't, can't I find a friend, Daddy? So I put her in the car, and we're driving around looking for little girl bikes and stuff in front yards. And Kathy goes, this doesn't look good at all. <laughs> Who's that guy? I'm driving yeah. around looking. I, I'm going up knocking. Is there knocking, any little going, girls around here? <laughs> knocking on the door go, y'all have any little girls? <laughs> Oh, I well. said, I'm looking for a friend of my daughter. I've got no girls. <laughs> sure my... you are. Yeah, okay. Uh, but fortunately, so. I, I have a, a friendly face. Uh, and uh, That, you know, that area that you're talking about, Um, I guess, well, I can't remember what its neighborhood's called. It's Massey, you know, or that, not Massey, but right there at Quincy. Ridgeway. Quincy Ridgeway, and, and, yeah. yeah um, that area kind of started going down for a little bit, and then they completely turned around, and I'm moving, I'm moving quite a few kids in there. I say kids. The next house, you know, you could, they kind of start in Colonial Acres, mm-hmm. and then they move into those, because those are nice houses. Four bedrooms, two bath, and they, you know, fixing them up, and they're selling, and they're doing really well. Yeah, and then Kathy's parents live back up Quince at uh, Wheaton. And, yeah, yeah. And I sold a bunch on Wheaton. That's and, one of and, my favorites. But that whole area, lots of people, the young couples have moved in there. And oh. It's remained very stable, and uh, you're close to all the shopping. Just go up the road, and you've got all the stuff that's happening at 
some of those houses over there are selling for three in the threes now yeah. 300 because vera cruz i sold six houses over there and they started we're going to name it dicky cruz but <laughs> <laughs> but my son bought one and all his friends he went to harding academy and it was like all the harding kids all moved there and it was so fun they were all in the same little neighborhood and um i've sold all their houses to somebody else and now they've moved a little bit bigger ones and it's just it's really great colonial acres is still a great area well, and I stopped by your house the other day, yeah. and because you helped me tell me about your screened-in porch, because that's where I live, is out on my <laughs> deck, and I've thought about getting it screened in before, and I can't remember was that screened in when you moved in, but it was just it needed yeah. improved. It was it was pretty much eaten up by the termites, yes, but it was screened barely, and it didn't have a door, and some of the screens were kind of looking sad hanging but down the termites were happy yeah termites were having a great time they were partying <laughs> on the porch every night <laughs> let's eat <laughs> we had a wild it was a wild time but with that house. i love it now it, yeah. and those are the kind of things you look at that you have the experience of doing as you walk into a place and look at what it can be mm-hmm. with most of us we walk into well this is a dump you go no you gotta look past the dump part it was so funny i made the comment i said oh the screen porch is awesome and todd's all he saw was the rotted out wood the old four-wheeler <laughs> and the rotted wood everywhere and the door hanging off or off and he was like really i was like yeah this is great but the funny thing we walked through that house and we literally we could tell it stunk it had no lighting the dishwasher had been ripped out the um you had to hold your breath it was that bad and this is in the middle heart of in the heart of Germantown. yeah it's a great neighborhood and um it was so bad tons and tons of trees but it's so dark because of the trees we couldn't see the funniest is we went to open the cabinet doors and he said, what is that on the cabinet? And I opened it and shut it, and moss fell off, or mold, <laughs> onto the countertop. So we're like, oh. Uh, we and we have a mold our, problem. We looked at our buyer, I mean, our, our agent said, we want it. And they're like, you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> Give a phone number, Vicki. <laughs> 901-412-2691 and goteamgandy.com. All right, we're going to take a break for some news and weather. We'll be back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, Mike Adamson is in studio with us. Uh, of course, his uh, football uh, powers is just uh, off the charts. He, uh, of course. He, uh, you played in high school, did you? What's that? You played football in high school, right? I was on the team, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did play. We did play. And, but then uh, your real expertise. Now, you officiate football games. Officiate football now. You're doing the University of Memphis. Working the Memphis game tomorrow. Get to be down the sidelines and um working with replay tomorrow so and uh we'll did, we we've talked about this before they do feed you right it we get actually what they do that it's kind of interesting that the the actual guys that are officials on the field they have they have to be at the field about two and a half hours before the game time because they have to do things stuff like that but they're usually staying in a local hotel um so we all meet at the hotel where they are the cool part we get a, a police escort to the ball game we used to get a fast police tes- escort um, but unfortunately, uh, somebody ran a red light one time and ran into one of the, uh, the, uh, the motor, ch- or motor, the motor, group of people, <laughs> the, the motorcycle, uh, it, it escort. Was, yeah. The escort guys. And, uh, so now we, we, we still get the escort, but we have to drive slower. slower. Yeah. But you um, still don't have to stop at red light. Yeah. They'll, they'll go out and get us through the red lights. And what's really nice when you get down into the traffic where the game, where the stadium is, mm-hmm. 
you, you kind of zip through there really quick, and it, it makes uh, getting there and leaving very, very nice. <laughs> I remember back when I was with the sheriff's office, I had a, something came up, and I had to go to a call, and they were having a, a marathon race. Mm-hmm. And I pulled up, and all these runners going by, and there was a police officer standing there with the city. And they looked at me, and I got my lights on, and I went, I held my hands up, sorry, I got to go through here. <laughs> he stopped the runners, <laughs> and I crossed the street. <laughs> but it was a call. I had to go. Uh, well, let's take a look at what we did last week. And Colin is uh, producing again today, and he was in on that. And so the first game that was uh, last Thursday night was Detroit at Kansas City. That was the first upset yeah, that was a of big, the week. That was a big upset. I, I, I don't think anybody's – I think we, we all kind of said that the, well, the Lions are going to be better, but – uh, and we thought that, uh, but everybody picked uh, the Lions, right? Yeah. No, we all picked the, we, uh, we, yeah, we all picked Chiefs, KC, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Colin, was it, were you shocked over that one? Yeah, that's definitely something I was not expecting. I, would, I was for sure that uh, Kansas City was going to pull that one out. I was kind of actually really, really surprised by that. I, I'm guessing most of the KC fans thought the same thing. <laughs> As well as well as the uh, the team, they they should have won. There were a lot of people that were surprised over the games last week. Then next up was uh, Tennessee Titans at the New Orleans Saints, and we all uh, went for the Titans. Right? Yeah, and I would again I, that one. I definitely would have thought Titans would have should have won that fairly easy, but Saints. Uh, I think they won by one point. I think it was sixteen fifteen or something like that. And uh, good ball game. Yeah. Then next up was the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at Indianapolis. Of course, you're, you're a big Indianapolis fan. I picked Indianapolis, yeah. and uh, Colin picked the Jaguars. This I'm is a what big, this, uh, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan, so I had I had to go with the Jags on that one. Oh man, that that, that was the one that set us apart on the uh, on the NFL picks. Was him picking? It was Colin picking the uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, because up to that time we were all picking the same yep. way, which we did on the next game. I think uh, I recall but, you giving him a hard time when he picked different than us, too. I did. I said, uh, what do you know that we don't know? <laughs> Apparently something. <laughs> I'm sure he takes notes about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Then the next game was the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants, and the hype over this game was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, and the Cowboys just came out and thumped them, didn't uh, they? I mean, uh, Dak really didn't do anything spectacular. You know, he he, But it was the defense that was just unbelievable. The off- offensive line in New York couldn't do anything. Uh, it was the worst uh, or best, depending on how you look at it, shutout in the Dallas Cowboy franchise history. Forty yeah, to nothing. Forty to nothing. I mean, it, when you do that, I mean, everybody's got to be doing well. Obviously, any any time you get a shutout in the NFL, I think that's huge. Um, but the you know they scored forty points. If you, like you said, Dak may Zach may not have had the, the Dak can't Dak. speak Dak may have not had the, the what what appears statistically wise the greatest game, but. He's still somebody's got to lead the group and, and, and rally him and stuff like that. So I still think that quarterback's a pretty important spot. Well, it is. And, uh, you know, if, if the defense can keep doing what they're doing, I, and I still don't know. I mean, when you look at some of these other quarterbacks that, uh, that are just uh, doing a great job, but then you got the next game that came up was the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. <laughs> and that uh, – I mean, you, you can't even imagine what the – you couldn't even jokingly said that, that no. predicting that. I mean, this was the beginning of what was going to be a new era for the Jets. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, actually, you know, they they played the, obviously <laughs> the entire game without uh, Aaron Rodgers, and they, they did pretty good. That, and, and overall, I think that was a pretty decent game. I think uh, Mr. Allen, at quarterback, probably didn't have one of his best games like, it's pretty amazing he throws three picks and it's all to the same guy. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of an odd, uh, 
statistic, but it, it was a good game, and the way it ended. Um, the Jets won. Yeah, on, on, a, on the, a punt but they But they lost. <laughs> yes. They lost uh, their quarterback, and uh, it looks like it's an Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about that. You've had both of yours blown out. Mm-hmm. There, I actually had two. I had one that, that was a tear, then it, it kind of tore all the way, and it you know snapped in two. And the other one was just a tear in it, but it's a he, I, the likelihood of him being back this year is is very slim because it's gonna, he's going to be in a boot after the surgery, you know, six to eight weeks, and that's just when you get out of the boot. And, then you start rehab. Yeah, then it, it, it's you can you can walk, um, can't run, and uh, it, it's a, it really is it's about a two three month process. When you looked at the the accident when it happened, because I've seen it multiple times of watching ESPN the replay he didn't go down hard he mm-hmm. did his foot didn't get stepped on or he didn't turn it but you could watch the his calf muscle it was extended did you see it all come bunch up mm-hmm. and so it's, it's like being um like a bungee cord uh-huh. and when it snapped it just all went up to the top of his leg yeah and and when it snaps like that i mean that that completely completely tore all the way in two and that, it, <laughs> it didn't feel good i guarantee that um, but you know he was very calm. I was kind of amazed, uh, yeah. and they were talking about that today on ESPN. That by the look, he stood up and kind of went like, "Hmm," and then he went to say he sat down and didn't say anything because I think he knew exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he did. When I, I relating to mine, and I, I, I'm not even trying to put myself in his shoes. But you still have Achilles, yeah. and it still <laughs> went zappo on you. When, 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 when I did mine, the, the first one I did, I was actually officiating a football game. And it just felt like somebody just came up and hit me with a sledgehammer back in the back of my Achilles. I didn't get it where it completely severed like like his did, but you could sit, you could tell when you looked at it, you could tell where the tear was. There was like a little bit of a lump in there, and uh, I, I I was lucky enough had I had a great doctor that uh, did, you know procedure wise did a great job. Physical therapy was easy, but. It, it, it's uh what do they do do they go in there and then sew it back together or is that it pretty much sew it back together and and i'm sure his is going to do the same thing but my doctor actually after they sewed it back together and they remember they got to they got to do it in three different ways because you got the muscles that are going up and down you got the muscles that are going across from each other and you got to tie that all in together um but after they did that then she kind of put another uh a, almost like a, a another sheet all around it to help strengthen that to keep it from uh is that Hopefully, do that, it again. The, the mesh stuff, that yeah. They put around, yeah. And you can, when you feel the back of my uh, Achilles, when you go up, you can feel where that extra parts parts in there. It's got a little, little extra bump in there, but um, she and they did that just knowing that I'm kind of active, things like that. And I'm yeah. sure that um, Mr. Rogers will do the same thing. But um, he, he, there's no doubt, he's going to be out for a bit. What was the hardest thing about the rehab? Um, I, Honestly, I've never had a problem with rehab. It, you know, because you just go in there, you're exercising, they're stretching you. You know, and a good physical therapist is going to push you, but they don't want to hurt you. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have the best of all trainers, but he'll 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 have the best of care. But they're you know, he's going to go through the the first part of it's just trying to get it stretched out where you can start moving it, and then then you work start working on the strength, then you start. Actually, the last one I did, one of the funnest things I did, they had this about four foot plastic board. It with uh, boards on the at, on the end of it, and you slid across like you're doing hockey back and forth, like trying to. We called it the hockey. The hockey. Uh, Are you sliding your feet on yeah, it? Yeah, you're just okay. sliding and sliding back and forth. And when you get to the one end, 
you push off with your foot and slide to the other end. So what you're doing is is working on the strength in the in the uh, bottom leg, but on the side muscles uh, too. But it, to me, that's a, it was a fun way to uh, to work on it. Yeah, yeah, you're not just sitting there at a weight machine stuff like that. So, um, but it, it, it's it's a process, and I, I think I did eight weeks of uh, physical therapy, um, and, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will get every bit of. I mean. He'll he'll get it right there at the facility, I'm sure. But it doesn't always work out. I mean, like when I had my hip replacement, uh, two weeks after the hip replacement, I was stepping out of the shower. I just lifted my leg up to step across a little threshold there, and uh, I heard this snap. It sounded like a tree branch snapping. It turned out I broke my leg in two places. Oh, man. From the stress of that rod they put down my femur. Yeah, and and that's part, you know, it just moves just that that perfect way, and that's when you get all those different muscles that are attached to it in a different way. and pulling and and stuff like that that's that's unfortunate yeah i had to I remember they, i went back to campbell clinic to get an x-ray and uh they said i said did i dislocate it they said no it's broken uh-huh. i said well so what do we do he said well your doctor's on his way to alabama to take his daughter to college and he ain't gonna be back till <laughs> monday so you're gonna have a broken leg until monday and so i went home and went uh, I guess that's it for me. I'm out of the game. <laughs> Just kind of sit there for a while in the recliner. Yeah. I'm sure Kathy took good care of you, though. Well, everybody did. I mean, I had all these people that uh, filled in for me on the show, and uh, you know, people hey, come together for people to get. When I had my Achilles the first time, I actually had some people um, bring food over because they were afraid. Deborah, Deborah doesn't cook. I usually do most of the cooking. They were afraid that I was not going to eat, but I appreciated them bringing food over. Yeah, well, and that's a southern <laughs> thing to do. That's, it is. That's what they do. Uh, we're talking with Mike Adamson, and uh, Colin is producing, and we're going to talk more about uh, the lineup from last week. And um, But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. And welcome back on this Wednesday afternoon. We're talking uh, NFL football. We're going to get into college here in just a second. Um, I wanted to talk to Mike Adamson some more about, because he's had two Achilles heels blowout. And uh, there was a lot of discussion on that was on artificial turf mm-hmm. last night uh, at the Giants uh, or the other night, uh, Giants Stadium. And they interviewed a bunch of football players uh, today, and they said they like AstroTurf or, or artificial surface if it's raining or if it's snowing or sleeting. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, they all prefer grass. What is your well? I, I tell you, when you're when you're on it at first, it feels nice because you got a little bit of a cushion stuff like that. But it's you're literally standing on cement with a little bit of cushion on it. Um, and I think the difference between grass and the turf is the give. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to get that. You know, in the grass, you're going to take that cut, and you're going to. You, you, I'm not saying you're going to slide, but your your foot just gives a little bit into that grass. Side, yeah. And when you're on when you're on that turf, it, it it doesn't do that. You get the full traction, and the, the turf is. If you actually put your, got down and put your hand across it, there's little black pieces of rubber, and it's actually a crushed up tire. But then the grass is. It's not rubber, but it, it's a. It, that's what it feels like. It's a plastic. Yeah, and it, it just it's a combination of plastic and rubber, and and again, it's made so you can you know, you go over it. There's a and it's not going to wear out. Like uh, I saw a number of players in the Jets game, and they did tight shots of their face, and they had those little black dots all over their face, yeah. and that's from the turf. <laughs> Sidebar from that is it, it, when you're when you're on those fields, you get turf, those little black things, and they get all inside your shoes. Oh, really? All, and they stick to your socks and. Like me, I come home and go to the bedroom, take my you know, shoes off, and about every Friday, about ten o'clock, do you have to take your shoes off in here? <laughs> you just get all these little black uh, uh, beads, beads all over yeah. the floor, and uh, it's just from that little 
that's that's what that's part of what absorbs the uh, the water and it also absorbs the uh, the cushion for the field. But going back to your question, I, I would prefer playing on grass or being on grass all the time. At the level that the, the professionals play, when they're playing on grass, it's it's phenomenal. When you get in this area in Memphis, sometimes when you get a high school that's got grass, well, they don't have the resources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know their their school. You know, I think we do some stuff with Briarcrest. Man, their their field is phenomenal, uh, and it's kept like a uh, uh, NFL team uh, field. Well, I just because I know it didn't exist before the Superdome mm-hmm. and uh, the or Houston uh, the Astrodome. Well, they used to call it AstroTurf, and that's yeah. that's when it was real hard, and the, the guys would get you know what they called turf toe, and it's just basically from your foot going in there and, and, and stubbing your toe, the concrete, yeah. yeah. Um, and and they were also getting concussions from coming down hitting the ground, um, and the the turf that they have now, they're, they're, they actually have a different name for it, but we we still call it, we still call it AstroTurf, um, but it's just got a better give for it. I, th- I think the schools, like in our area, that have a turf, I think it's important for them to have because they can't maintain the the, yeah, the grass field. It's actually cheaper because once you put it down, it's good. You you, you just actually you still have to you vacuum it. You have to vacuum it every week. And, the, the little beads up. Yeah, and it, what you you're, you're replacing some of the beads and you're just mixing them up so they don't all um, get in one spot. Uh, in fact, my sister and her husband and uh, above Fort Worth and South Lake. They had a big portion of their backyard around the swimming pool with that turf put mm-hmm. on there because it, it stays green all the time. And you don't have to mow it. You don't have to mow it. <laughs> Confuses the squirrels. They said, I can't, I can't bury my nuts in here. There, there's a funny story, and I won't name the school so they don't get in trouble or you know to make fun of them. But there's a school here, that, and they had a turf field, and they had a, a new maintenance guy. And the head of the maintenance said, told the guy, he said, hey, you need to mow the football field and in the surrounding areas. Well, what the maintenance director meant was, you know, get on the turf machine and go up and down the field. He mowed it. He got out in the mower. He scouted. <laughs> well, what he did, it, it blew all the, 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 you know, those black rubbery pieces, but actually then what had actually happened, some of the turf that was not kind of down all the way got sucked up in there, tore the turf up. They, they had to redo their whole field. Wow. <laughs> Off of one, one misunderstanding. Yeah. Did, did he get to have another misunderstanding? Or? I, I never asked that next yeah. question. <laughs> Taking a stab, that would yeah. be uh, correct. Let's hope he didn't have to lose his job over it. Uh, this, uh, this is the college games last week. Uh, Memphis at Arkansas State. We all picked Memphis, and and we won. Yeah, Memphis did well. Then I think you know, hopefully keeps that momentum going, and they play Navy uh, tomorrow night, and uh, future looks bright for them. Uh, well, let's hope it continues. And then it was uh, Ball State at Georgia, <laughs> Georgia's number one team in the country. Rank number one. You know, at the end of the first quarter, I think it was seven to nothing. You know, which it, is not bad for, for, for Ball, Ball State. Ball State, they're thinking they're winning, but I think at the end of the end of the second quarter, I think it was thirty-five to seven. So it, you know, it, it time caught up with them, but they tried to stick around for well, a little bit. Georgia sent in more than one player. Yeah, <laughs> well, they can keep keep changing those players. Or Ball State keeps the when they make a change, there's a big difference on the uh, yeah number two guy. There was Austin P at Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee took that one fairly easily. Well, that was actually another close game for a while. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank with the, fir- the first half score, but they were with, I think, a touchdown or two at, at halftime. And, uh, you know, you tentatively would have thought Tennessee should have been winning by three, four, five touchdowns at that time. But, you know, still a good ball game. I didn't get to watch the game. How good is Tennessee this year? Because everybody was really hyping them, saying that, that they could. In fact, they're ranked. They're ranked like in the top ten, aren't they? Well, besides having the ugliest uniforms in the uh, college, 
I'm not, I'm not a big Tennessee fan. No, hunting vest orange <laughs> has never been my favorite. <laughs> and but I t- always think of Perina dog chow looking at the end zone, you know, because it's checkerboards. Oh, yeah, those checkerboards. And I, 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 I'm not a Tennessee fan. I'm not at all, but I would love to go to a football game there. Um, one of my buddies was actually there this past weekend, and he's a big old Miss fan. And uh, I got a kick out of it. His wife was nice enough to send me a picture with he, his daughter goes there now. A picture with him wearing the uh, Tennessee hat. I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, I, all my the friends I have that are Alabama fans, because Texas is, mm-hmm. in fact, we'll get to that in a minute, but um, I didn't call one of them and rub it in, not uh-huh. one. That's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> it's uh, better to do like a week or two after if you do it right then. It, it was rubbing it in. Yeah. And the, you have to give people a little time because uh, that was that was a thumping. I, I, always, I always debate on whether you're going to rub it into somebody on how they've been during the game. Yeah, you know, if they were obnoxious or yeah, something, yeah. Then, then I'll say something. But I, I'm, I, I think I'm a good winner and a good loser. Well, then it was Ole Miss at Tulane, and actually Tulane looked pretty good. It was mm-hmm. hot on that field. That that was her brand new field. Too. Yeah, and well, Tulane was ranked 24. It was actually that uh, they were the favorite in that game, and, and uh, Ole Miss took took care of them pretty good. So they, well, then second half they did come back. Uh, I picked uh, Tulane, and you guys both picked uh, Ole Miss. That see that that's the one that ended up making the difference in our overall picks. Yeah, Colin really and I were got had ten picks, and you had nine. So well, it's uh, that's the way she goes sometimes. But the teams I wanted to win, including Texas, and we'll talk about that one when we come back. So stay with us. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And welcome back on a Wednesday afternoon. We're talking football. We've been talking uh, the NFL, then we get into college, and uh, we, of course, the Dallas game was one of the premier uh games of the week i mean it was every, you say the dallas game is the premier game of the week every week though well for me it is <laughs> except when they lose it's a miserable miserable game uh but the other one was uh, texas alabama and it was probably the the game of the week oh i'm sure it, it, was, it was like a national championship yeah. and it, it actually turned out that way i mean it was a close game the entire way going back and forth and uh actually the way you want it to be when they're two ranked teams like yeah. that playing uh, the, uh, it came out that right off the bat, you could tell that there was something going on and, uh, the Texas was, I mean, they couldn't do anything wrong. If there's somebody threw a ball up and it was intercepted, it was Texas that intercepted. <laughs> if somebody fumbled, they got it, ran it for a touchdown and, uh, Alabama just could not get it together. It's funny how t- t- sometimes that just happens and it doesn't always mean you're the best team. If that's happening your way, it doesn't mean you're the bad one if it's not. But, you know, just sometimes you know, the ball bounces into your hands. Sometimes it bounces into the opponents. But that's what uh, that's what makes the game exciting. That's why we want to watch it. Well, and, and last year, the very first game, that's when our quarterback uh, got tackled. He crushed his shoulder, and he was out for the rest of the year. Yep. And everybody said, well, what if he hadn't been hurt then? They had won the game then and gone on to, to bigger things for them. Uh, in this case, uh, Alabama was, what, ranked? three and this was 11 somewhere in that range I, I, I have to look at my papers and them. now i looked at the rankings on sunday i think texas is three or four and uh and and uh alabama went to 11 I think. yeah and that's first it depends on which poll you're looking at 
that's the first time Bama's been outside the top ten. Oh, look, forever. <laughs> that's a that's a big big deal. Um, and and I, I in my opinion, I don't care for them much, but I think they're still going to be a good team. Well, I think they are, and you, you can't look at it like uh, the season's over because look at they lost two games last year, mm-hmm. and they end up uh, playing with. Were they in the national team? No, the, Alabama was not. Um, they, they, the, 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 to me, the bad part is the uh, the national championship or the, the the playoff thing. A game that's being played this week is just as important as a game played week twelve. It is, and you know it's unfortunate. Now you could win, you could lose a game now, and that could be you know, your national championship hopes are out. But I think the the world of the Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, some of those bigger teams that are playing in a power conference, you're probably going to get away with a loss or two more so than you are, uh, you know, some of the people in the other conferences. Well, the rest of them were uh, Kent State, Arkansas. We all picked Arkansas. They won. Arizona, Mississippi State. We all picked Mississippi State. They won. Notre Dame, uh, your team played well, and uh, Notre Dame won. Uh, and then the weekly loss, win-loss record uh, went to uh, Mike and uh, and uh, Colin. Congratulations, guys. I know. Colin's up on top. I'll let him be on top for right now, We yeah. even though we have the same record. Well, uh the worm always turns, but usually the young smart ones always. <laughs> the worm turns on us. It's, you know, it's funny as we always start out where we kind of do all right, and then I think as the season goes, we start always. We almost always end up right around that five hundred mark. And it, I think it we've is. been that way every year. Yeah, in fact, we have ended up doing better than the professional prognosticators, mm-hmm. which well, I find pretty amazing. It's because of the knowledge, and you know, we we put so much work into uh, and we get to good. our picks. We yeah. just guess and, good. Uh, you know that's why you know we don't know the name of all the players. We know the name of the coaches um, most of the time, or maybe some of the time. Um, well, we know that we know what teams are playing. How about that? <laughs> and, and, and and we we actually we we pick them with our hearts. You know the teams we want to win. That's who we pick. Uh, just to give you a quick, uh, the top twenty-five right now: Georgia's number one, Michigan two, Florida State three, Texas is four. Um, Southern Cal is five, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, Notre Dame nine, Alabama at 10, Tennessee 11, Utah, Oregon, LSU, Kansas, Oregon, Ole Miss is 17. Uh, anybody else? No, no, that's it. The rest of them are. So that, that's, uh, I'm really kind of surprised there are not more SEC teams in the top 25. It, it's usually almost in the top 10. I, I, I'm, I, I'm a more of a Big Ten fan than I am yeah. SEC, but usually the SEC has usually three, four teams in the top 10. And I, I, th- was a, I think there was three, if I'm counting right offhand this time. And it, it, actually the Big Ten has just as many as they do. But um, I, I, in my honest opinion, they're both great conferences, and the teams that are at the top um, are both good. And the teams that are at the bottom of both of those conferences are, are, are kind of equal as well. So, Well, you look at some of the great teams that lost in the NFL and college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all pretty well paired. I mean, there's no real dogs anymore, even at the college and the, the pros. I think the players are so much more athletic than they used to be. Back in our time, I think you and I were the only ones that were athletic, and then you had the other players. Yes, that that was, that's what they that's <laughs> what they said every game. But now it used to be there's just one or two really athletic studs on every team. Now, especially in the you know the SEC or the Big Ten teams in the NFL, every one of those guys are athletic. 
and uh, look at the golfers today you know, I mean, those, those are all i mean they work out as hard as the baseball players and the and the football players and, and they play golf and, and you know golf and baseball both are two ones that you, you need to be in shape to play those you you, you golf you got to concentrate you got to be in shape and you know, once you start getting tired, you quit concentrating and you start making errors, and that's that's how it is in all the sports. Yeah, that's why I don't play golf much anymore. I felt like I was <laughs> chopping wood by <laughs> the time I get through. Uh, okay, we got uh, a couple of minutes to go ahead and start it this week. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, that's going to be 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, the, the Philadelphia. Oh, they, they, they got a great team. Philly's probably definitely not probably definitely they're, they're they're the favorite team I believe. Um, as much as you say that, I'm, I think I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Really, I'm, I'm going on. Okay, and Colin, Eagles, yeah, smart guy. <laughs> I, I'd pick them too. You go uh, back and forth from being smart and dumb, depending on who you pick. <laughs> if you agree with me, you're a genius. Um, San Diego Chargers at Tennessee Titans. I'm going with Tennessee. I think Tennessee should get this one. They 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 lost last week, but they they'll, they'll come back. I think it will. Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Houston really didn't have anything. Uh, both of these teams are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, I, I'm going to go with Colts just because of my that's my team. Okay, let me point this out because it's supposed to be broadcast on Fox uh-huh. 13 here. Fox 13 has been taken off of Comcast cable, so none of the games that you would normally see on Fox if you don't have a HD antenna. Now you can pick it up on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. but you got to download the app, and I think you have to subscribe. Maybe it's like a hundred bucks. Uh, you get you got to work at it to get there. Uh, but it's it, for for a fee of like a hundred dollars, you can get everything you can get on cable, mm-hmm. as I understand it. I am looking into it because then you you can take all the equipment back to uh, Comcast, all the boxes. You're not paying extra for HD. Uh, YouTube is all HD, it, right? And uh, I said, for my wife's sake, I said, what about Hallmark? Because it's a good question, Earl. If there's no Hallmark, Mama ain't happy. <laughs> and uh, and I like to sleep by Hallmark. I mean, I, you can start one of those shows. I've gone. And, and you wake up and you go, this is what's going to happen. And you didn't even watch the whole show. I go, have they made up yet? <laughs> When's the wedding? So, but uh, just a heads up, because a lot of people are going to turn in. And uh, now this week. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be on CBS uh, on, on Sunday afternoon. On Sunday afternoon. So you'll, I was thinking I wasn't going to get to see it, but we won't be able to see the Houston Texans Indianapolis Colts. So who cares? Come on, Earl. Hey, I know somebody does care. So speaking of that, uh, what's your pick? New York Jets at the Dallas Cowboys after <laughs> one had a disastrous week, although they won. They won. Hey, Jets. It, you know, you always say, "Hey, I'll, I'll take a win any way they want," but um, who they lost. It might have been better to lose and keep him, but uh, I'm I'm gonna go on a limb here. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. There you go, <laughs> Big D, Colin. Cowboys, New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. That's on ABC. Uh, I'm thinking Carolina Panthers. Again, the Monday night ball game always brings a little excitement. I'm gonna go with the Saints on this one. We're we're, we're definitely uh, different on these two. Okay. Another New Orleans. Yeah, he's coming around. <clears throat> yeah. And you're probably both right. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Navy at Memphis, and that's the game you'll be working tomorrow night. We well, saw we saw Navy play Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and, and th- this game Memphis should win. I, I think pretty easily. 
Um, but but Navy, their their offense is it's just different from what everybody else has to deal with. So you have to prepare a little different stuff like that. So I think that puts a little extra stress on the team. But Memphis should win this one pretty easy, in my opinion. Okay, I agree. Um, Memphis. Okay. Uh, LSU at Mississippi State. I'm going uh, LSU. Uh, they lost a huge one early on. Yeah, they lost the first one to Florida State. Yeah, and uh, since my kids, I spent a fortune at Mississippi State, I'm going to go with uh, Mississippi State. I'm going to take LSU on this one. I think they're coming back. Yeah, right. I think they're I think they're a good team. All right. Uh, South Carolina at Georgia. Georgia's number one in the country. I'm going with the Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, South Carolina could pull up the offset, up, upset, but I don't think they're going uh, to. Alabama at South Florida. Uh, I'm saying Alabama's going to roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nick is saying, I'm not going to feed you guys until next week. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth in that statement. Yeah, so uh, everybody's going to Alabama. I would hate to be uh, South Florida. It's going to be. Although they could come up and uh, well, you just got to get a couple things going your way, get some momentum going. But you got to play four quarters, and they got to make no errors. Then you got Tennessee at Florida, right? The game of the week, yeah, um, would be my guess. But I, th- I, th- I really, I really think Tennessee's gonna. I think Tennessee's gonna pull this one out. But I think it'll be a pretty good ball game. I think so. I'm going to Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee for everybody. Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. Ole Miss pulled that game out last week. I thought they was looking kind of doubtful, but they ended up uh, winning. Uh, I think uh, Ole Miss. I'll be down on the sidelines on this game. Oh, really? I'm working the chains on this game. All right. So I'll, I'll be able to give you, a, if you want me to call in and talk to you on Saturday. Well, if we were doing the show on Saturday, <laughs> I would. <laughs> but I think Ole Miss is going to win this one. Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, BYU at Arkansas. Uh, I'm saying Arkansas. I'm going with Arkansas as well. Arkansas. Central Michigan at uh, Notre Dame. I'm going with Notre Dame. If Notre Dame loses this one, it's going to be a long season. Yes, it will. And But they'll be, continue, should be continued to be undefeated. Okay. So there we go. We got them all stacked up and ready to, uh, to review next week. And uh, But I'm, I'm really glad because I was thinking the Dallas Cowboys were going to be on Fox and I wasn't going to be able to see the game. But. I'm going to go ahead and get an HD antenna and, and then start working on switching over to uh, YouTube and uh, cut the cable. That's the, my plan. The important thing is doing that before the game, not two minutes before the game. No, then you start getting aggravated because it doesn't go as quickly as you want it to. Nothing ever works the way it's supposed to. <laughs> I did have that because I had this antenna downtown when I was with the sheriff's office because they didn't have cable downtown. Mm-hmm. I was on the 11th floor of the CJC, and I got this little, it's called a leaf hd antenna mm-hmm. it looks like a, a a mouse pad uh that you use for a computer and uh then you just uh, plug it into the, your antenna uh portal on mm-hmm. your tv and uh, have it near you know a window or something so you get a good signal and it was clear as a bell yeah i when we were just using the antenna here just a few years ago um you still you got good quality service yeah. you just didn't have that many stations um, and we, we at the time we hardly ever watched TV, so it wasn't a big deal. But I think I live on Netflix now. So, <laughs> well, now, but we've seen everything. Yeah. Although uh, Yellowstone, I think, is coming out this coming Sunday. A good, a good, good series. And it starts again, and it's going to be on CBS as well. Yeah. So I don't know how they do that because they they got some stuff on when it was on Prime. But I don't think it'd be on CBS. <laughs> but it wasn't Yellowstone on regular TV, but then when you wanted to watch the reruns, it, that's when it was on their, one of those other networks. Was no, it, it Peacock was, or was it? It, it was uh, on. Uh, it may have been Peacock the first year. I remember they were Prime, and then it was 
But, uh, I mean, it got pretty uh, uh, R-rated. <laughs> I, I, I think the whole world of regular TV is pushing the edge on, on R-rated uh, many times. Uh, you think about the, half that stuff been on there when we were kids. I don't think we'd have been watching any TV. Even even the cartoons were, you know, are <laughs> uh, done. But the general, I mean, there wasn't any bad shows on television. What, what I, actually, when you go back and you watch some of the old cartoons, what I like sometimes there's some hidden adult humor, but the kids are never going to know it. You, you know, no. you, and you watch it now and you go, yeah. <laughs> "Well, I'm sitting there. They go, what's funny, Daddy? Ah, nothing. He's just a funny little bird. The rabbit got hit in the head again." <laughs> All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up. Stay with us. And welcome back on this Wednesday afternoon. Mike Abderson's been in with us today talking a little football, which is, I was looking out the window and was starting to see some color in the leaves outside. You got football going on, cooler temperatures, my favorite time of the year. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I tell people one of the <laughs> coolest things I just absolutely love about Friday nights for high school football and this is why I don't like turf fields, but when you used to go out on the field and you could smell, smell the freshly cut mm-hmm. grass, yeah. there'd be somebody cooking burgers or whatever kind of food in the, in, in the one end zone and the smoke coming across the field. I mean, that, that, that's a very exciting time for me. You know, you used to in the old days, because uh, I was around then <laughs> in West Texas, that people would burn their yards at the end of the summer because mm-hmm. it, it, it really it, it kind of accelerates the, the growth for the next season. And, but there was a smell of burning leaves and grass was always something I kind of liked. Yeah. And then in Houston, my grandmother, they didn't have, they didn't put garbage out on the street. They put it in a big 55 gallon drum. They burned it in their backyards. And, oh yeah. Uh, I remember doing that. I, and I love the smell of burning garbage. That <laughs> smells good. I, I, again, I, that, that, that smell on Friday nights, that grass smell and the food, it's just, uh, I, I, I've been officiating now for over 30 years, so I guess you, you know, just an experience that I like. Well, it is, yeah. And it's, uh, but that is, that's the things of, about life that, that makes it special. These are all memories you could create a long time ago. And when you smell them again, it takes you right back it, there. That, that's what, you know, we, our whole, everything we do in life is about experiences and not what we do or what we accomplish, just the experiences we, we have while we're going there. But like you just said, that, that experience from, you know, 30 some years ago, it's still real for me when, yeah. when I go out on the field, and uh, as I said, that's one reason I don't like the turf fields. Uh, you know, you, you miss that you miss that grass smell, but uh, there's still good food smells out there. I, I, the other smell I miss that uh, they don't do anymore is used to smell uh, men smoking cigars at yeah. football games and baseball games and stuff, and I hated the smell of cigarettes. But something about a pipe or a cigar smelled good. You, you always get that sweet smell or whatever that flavor is on the cigar makes it. Uh, smell better or people seem to be think they're more sophisticated when they're smoking a cigar compared to a cigarette yeah well ain't nobody (laughs) doing it now man that's uh it's it's like somebody yell there's a bomb in the audience i'm sorry it was just some guy smoking a cigar and and i'm glad to see less and less of the vaping i don't see as near as much of that was that legal stadiums too to do that they're they're, most of the time if it's a non-smoking the vapes are are not supposed to be there well good I, i have talked to a few of the school administrators here and back home and they complain they don't like them because the kids can do those in class and you can't smell them uh, um, and that, that and i think kids are just doing it to try to get away with something which is what they do <laughs> kids. mike thanks for coming in collins good job that's it for us we'll be back tomorrow thursday we'll see you then <laughs>